Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I am joined today by Brittany Burcham. She is no stranger to the foster care world, and she has a lot of wisdom to share with us. So thank you, Brittany, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about how you even got started with foster care. Yeah, so I actually got started, I'd always kind of been interested in foster care, been interested in, you know, helping in some way. And so when I was living in Washington, D.C., I Googled how to help kids in foster care without fostering. And the first thing that popped up was a court-appointed special advocate or a CASA. And so I went to an info meeting and then got certified to be a CASA. uh, And I did that for three years. And I was open to any age and I got assigned a 13-year-old girl. And I was like, I don't know anything about teenagers. What am I doing? But she kind of just transformed how I thought about teenagers and what I thought uh, would, in, you know, they would be in foster care. And then when I moved back home to Alabama, the first thing I did was get a two bedroom apartment and sign up for foster classes. And because of my experience as a CASA, I went into foster care knowing I wanted to foster teens um, because she had just so radically transformed the way that I understood teens in foster care. Mm-hmm. What was it about your experience with her that made you feel that way, that made you feel so strong that you're like, I'm not only going to continue this work, but now I'm going to take it a step further and have teens in my home and foster them? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was because uh, she disproved a lot of my uh, bias. She really did. Um, I went into it thinking, oh gosh, teenagers in foster care, they're probably all, you know, bad kids, you know, for for lack of a better term. And, you know, I'm probably going to deal with behavior problems and, you know, school issues. And I'm going to just, you know, this is just going to be a lot. And turned out she was this incredible kid. She really was just straight A student, incredibly smart, funny and witty and just absolutely amazing. And it also dispelled a lot of my notions about siblings in foster care. I mean, she was one of six kids And I learned really quickly the importance of relationships, even if they're not living in the same home, looking for opportunities that they can be together and that they can celebrate their birthdays together and and be there for important milestones. And it also transformed what I thought about parents who have their kids in foster care and what I understood about their relationships. And especially when it came to teens, she was just so much easier to vocalize her wants, vocalize her frustrations, and other CASAs that were assigned to her younger siblings didn't have that. And so I just realized, you know, there's just so much benefit to fostering teens, not only because you can really play an important role in a really crucial time of life, right? You can go to their big moments, and you can celebrate the wins with them, and you can really talk to them about serious issues and big decisions. And at the same time, 
they can really communicate with you. And, and that's still one of the best benefits. I say, you know, if you handed me a, a two-year-old dropped off at my door with nothing, that's a completely different scenario than you drop a 15-year-old off and that 15-year-old can go, hey, this is what I like to eat for breakfast. And <laughs> this is how I, you know, this is the products I need for my bath. And, you know, they can communicate with you and, and they can talk about things and talk about how they're dealing with things. And you can be really honest with them. And that's an aspect that I really appreciated in, in fostering teens later. I love that you said that because I think so many people don't re- like really that doesn't come to mind. And I think you're right. There's a lot of bias around like the longer kids are in care, the older kids are going to have, you know, more issues. But as a social worker who's worked in school settings with, uh, you know, historically underserved kids and as a therapist now who works mostly with teenagers, I'm like, teens are awesome. People are like, you, why, like, why would you choose to work with teenagers? I'm like, because they're the best. And like, you can have such an influence, like you said, and they can be communicative. And you can have those tough conversations, right? A seven-year-old can't really express to you why they're so upset or why they're so angry, why all this change is happening in their life. And they're just overwhelmed. The teenagers can sit up with you late at night and can say, I don't really think it's fair that my parents did this, or I don't really like that my caseworker isn't listening to me, or I really wish I could be on the sports team at school, but I'm afraid to join because I'm afraid I'm going to move. You know, like they can, they can talk to you about those kind of things and, and you can play an active role in being a problem solver as opposed to, you know, a detective, which oftentimes you are when they're young. Where Where is this anger coming from all of a sudden? Why do they behave this way after visits? You know, why am I, why is she upset every night at bedtime? You don't, I mean, not that teens are automatically an open book and are going to share with you everything, but I found that if you build the trust in the relationship and they know that you want the best for them and that you're willing to advocate for them, I feel like they can be a little more honest about their emotions and their feelings and which I find communication to be a real benefit to having teenagers. Oh my gosh. 100%. I love that you said that. So what like advice do you have? Or I know you share a lot of wisdom on Instagram and other places online. So we're going to get into that, but what made you decide to start even sharing online about fostering teens? You know, it's so funny because it it started as a twofold, right? Number one, all my teens were coming and talking about TikTok and <laughs> doing their TikTok dances and talking, <laughs> trying to explain the trends to me. And in the back of my mind, I was like, I just need to get on this app so I know what they're talking about. Cause I don't, I don't even know what they're saying half the time. Why are they, you know, singing these little like sound bites? I didn't understand. And then one of my kids said, you know, Miss Brittany, there's a lot of foster parents on TikTok, but they all do little kids. Like you should get on there and talk about teenagers, like go like tell people that they need to foster teenagers because you're actually one of the nice ones and you could tell them that. And I said, I'm no one's listening to me on TikTok. Like I don't even know how to use it. So I got on there to learn the app. And then I also was kind of inspired by my kid saying, you know, you should try this. And I just started sharing. I thought I would have a little audience of maybe some foster parents, maybe some social workers, and we could all like share in this experience. And then I just made this quick little video one night. I got an emergency placement. And so I did a video on what the first night looks like with an emergency placement. And I walked through what I do the first night from, you know, dinner to, you know, playing games or watching TV, how, how that evening kind of goes. And I woke up the next morning and it 
blew up and it just was absolutely insane. And so I started just sharing the stuff that I was doing and the stuff that I was learning because I mean, I think any foster parent will tell you, you make a lot of mistakes in the beginning and you say things or you do things that you look back and you're like, oh God, why, why did I do that? And so I wanted, I was like, I wish somebody had told me these things about teens. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody had told me when they come into your house, don't bombard them with questions. Like I was like, I was just trying to get to know them, but it just was like, tell me about school. Who's your best friend? What's your favorite <laughs> show? What kind of music do you like? Like I felt like Buddy the Elf from oh my the gosh. movie. Like just asking all these questions and the kids were like, who are you? Please stop. And then things like, uh, you know, problem solving when I had kids that wouldn't take showers. You know, I, I made this video about how I created something I called Fancy Bath and it was purely, and I think a lot of, you know, creations in foster care come from desperation yes. or an attempt to solve a problem, right? And so I created fancy baths because I had a child who just was not showering. She was turning on the shower, but she was coming out and it was it was a problem. And so in order to, to deal with that, I had this idea. I was like, ooh, would you like a spa night? And I could like make you a fancy bath and ended up putting, you know, bath bombs and candles and music and all this sort of stuff and made it like a spa night and I said you can lock the door you know spend whatever time you want in here and she was in there for two hours that first night and she came out having actually bathed having gotten in the bath and so I shared a video on that and and it resonated with so many people and I didn't understand why I didn't because I was trying to solve a problem And you don't realize until you get into these social media groups, not only how many people identified with the problem I was having, like foster parents or parents of teenagers identifying with that, but how many users identified with this girl and said, I couldn't take showers for years because of trauma that happened to me. I thought I was so dirty. I didn't think I deserved it. I, you know, all these, all these things that came forward and So really ultimately sharing on TikTok and talking about foster care, I only had one goal and it was to get more people to consider fostering teens. That was it. I was like, if I can just get one teen into an actual home, not a group home, not a behavioral facility, not a residential, but an actual home and family, it could change that one life. That was my only goal. And I can successfully, I can say that that was successful at this point that I've, that so many people have contacted me and said, Hey, we were only going to do under 10. We didn't even think about, but we've, we've upped our number because of these videos, because they're not so scary. And I've had other people say, we got a call for a 13 year old and we said yes. And we were so afraid, but we remembered what you said. And thank goodness we did. We can't imagine our life without her. Like she's been the the best addition to our home. And so that just makes me want to share more and want to get more teens into homes. Because I'm sure you know, teens are the least likely group to end up in traditional homes. Yeah. Um, And we just, we have to change the narrative about who teens in foster care are. It's so, it's so crazy because I've worked with so many teens professionally throughout the years and many of whom absolutely should have been in foster care, but because we we know sometimes things don't go the way they should, whatever, for whatever reason they weren't. And they were like, I'm like, I, if it wasn't illegal or unethical, I would just take you into my home right now today because yeah. 
You are such an amazing person. You're a loving, kind. All you want is to be loved. You're 17 years old and you put on this like hard shell and, and, you know, or you're pregnant and you didn't, you know, you're 16 and pregnant and you're just the sweetest little thing. And you just need someone to walk alongside you and love you. And it's like, people don't, I think, you know, there's fear around foster care in and of itself. Sure. You know, like it's a big leap for a lot of people to do fostering at all. So they have in their mind then, okay, this is the group I feel comfortable with. And then, which is fine. Like, that's great. But like you said, just to be able to think differently and change the narrative is hugely important. And I think it's important that, and I've tried to always be honest too. You know, I had a youth that was with me and she ran away during the time she was with me. And I talked about that on TikTok and I talked about, yeah, they run away and here's what you do. And here's the feelings that you have. And here's why it sucks. And I've had kids that have dealt with drugs and you've had that issue. You've had dealt with, with sex and with, you know, sending photos and those are, but those are normal teen things. All of those things are things that non-foster care teenagers deal with. Yeah. And so I think it's important that we don't, you know, cover it with rainbow glasses and say, you're just going to get this perfect angel of a teenager. They're going to be just the star cheerleader and they're going to make straight A's and they're going to help around the house and do their own laundry. It's going to be so perfect Yeah, because that really puts way too much pressure on the actual child. And Mm -hmm. I think all of us that were teenagers at one point will say we screwed up on a Royal level at some point. And some of us were not pleasant to live with. I look back at who I was as a teenager and I was like, I'm surprised my mom didn't like, kick me out of the house and say, go fend for yourself. You are a horrible person, you know? (laughs) And so I look at that and I think, how dare we, you know, put things on teenagers that have been through massive trauma (laughs) and not think that they're going to have some of that as a result. So I try not to, you know, cover it in rainbows and just think everything's fine. But I will say that despite all of that, it's, it's always been worth it. Mm-hmm. And my most difficult child, my child who caused me more gray hair, who stressed me out, who made me lose sleep, who exhausted me to no end is still the one I'm closest to today. And is still the one that I talk to nearly every day. Mm-hmm. And so you, if you can make it to the other, if you can make it to the other side, if you can make it to adulthood, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised at the difference that having an adult can make not necessarily just a parent right people think oh how am I going to like establish parenthood with a 17 year old sometimes they don't need that you know I heard somebody say uh once that you know up until like age 10 or 11 you have to parent your child right you gotta tell them to brush their teeth you have to like help them pick out their clothes you have to make them do their homework but once you get to like 12 and up you're coaching, you're a parent coach and you're helping them remember the things that they've been taught and you're coaching them to make good decisions, right? I'm not getting up and telling a 15 year old to brush her teeth every day, but what I am going to do is coach her to make good decisions about her dental health and the fact that people don't like to smell your breath when you don't brush your teeth and how important it is that you keep the teeth that you have and take care of them. So really you're playing more of a coach role once you get to that point anyway. Not saying you don't teach them anything, but it's much different than parenting a child. You're really taking the opportunity to help them be an adult because you're not that far off and they're going to have to do this on their own. So 
Yeah, absolutely. And I wish more parents kind of, of any child, because I work with a lot of people in practice. I'm like, you know, you're really trying to force your agenda on this person whose will is increasingly becoming their own. So it'd be (laughs) awesome if you could step back some and like, let them have that. But yeah. Right. Because I mean, why are you still, you know, telling a 17 year old to clean their room? Because guess what, when they move out of the house, they're going to have their own room to clean. So unless you're coaching them on the reasons why they should take the food out of their room, otherwise let them get to adulthood. They'll deal with their roaches and their rats in their first apartment. Their roommates will not be cool with it and they'll (laughs) learn from natural consequences. (laughs) So, But, you know, harping on them and ruining a relationship over that or taking their stuff and throwing it away at that age, you know, like you're really not teaching them anything. Sometimes you have to let natural consequences occur. I was like, wait till they get a roommate and then they might change. wait till they get a partner, a boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, Yep, they're going to change their ways. Look at these split. I know. I'm like, I think my son will brush his teeth more when he starts to be interested in girls. Like <laughs> it's, amazing. it's amazing how quickly they become interested in Uh, good hygiene uh, when they're when they realize someone's paying attention exactly (laughs) hey foster mama i want to invite you to the fearless fostering retreat that is happening in atlanta georgia this fall september 30th through october 2nd past retreat attendee maddie wellam said the retreat was the perfect amount of group time solo time and time in the city i left with practical skills for how to continue improving my mental health It was amazing. And that's the cool thing about this retreat. The results are going to last you well beyond one weekend. This is not like your average foster care retreat because unlike most retreats for foster mamas, the Fearless Fostering Retreat provides stillness, alone time, and true rest in a luxury hotel setting. And everything is led by a foster care informed therapist. So the skills I'm going to teach you are ones that will continue to improve your mental health throughout your foster care journey and life. There's also going to be an opportunity to stay connected for those who would like ongoing support in a small group setting through the Fearless Fostering group coaching program after the retreat ends. So if you're interested, reach out on Instagram at fearless underscore fostering and DM me the word retreat, or you can learn more on my website, fearlessfostering.com. Oh my gosh. Well, I love all the wisdom that you share. And I'm just so thankful for your willingness to keep showing up and share. Sometimes social media can be a difficult place to share about vulnerable, hard things, but I know so many people are are learning so much from you. Um, So tell us where we can find you online um, and where we can learn more from you. Yep. So I'm on TikTok and Instagram um, at foster the teens. Um, So you can check me out there and I cover a lot of things. I cover the things I do in foster care. I cover, you know, my passion point is foster care in general and changing the system, which I'm sure I think anybody involved uh, wants to make a difference in that. So I try to call out uh, the issues in the system and make people aware of them because I think even if you're not involved in foster care at all, you are involved, right? These kids that are in foster care now are going to school with your kids. They're going to be your neighbors one day. They're going to be uh, your coworkers one day. And so the issues that are impacting them right now are going to impact your community. So the way that you vote matters and, and making foster care and family preservation and things like mental health and, and addiction services and you know poverty have to be on your agenda if you if you want to do something about this so 
I do talk about the wider issues too, because I think we have to look at the big picture. Desmond Tutu, uh, Archbishop, once said, you know, I got tired of pulling people out of the river. And so I finally went up to find out why they were falling in. Yeah. And so foster care pulls people out of the river. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us need to move upstream and figure out why they're falling in and kind of address those issues too. Yeah. And I love that that point because especially as a social worker, I'm like on a macro level, you know, if we care about foster, you know, the issues that foster kids face, we we must then care and then be moved to action to help why, how do they get in the situation in the first place? If people knew more stories of actual foster families, their hearts, I know, would be moved to compassion for the things that these young parents, parents of any age that have had to deal with in their own life. It's just too much. <laughs> and so yeah. if we could help address those issues for the next generation, at least that would be a huge, a huge deal. Yeah, I work with an organization that works with kids who age out and trying to find resources and things. And, you know, we talk about the frustrations because it's like, okay, you're out on your own. And people say, well, they just need to get a job. And if they get a job, then you can, you know, save up. And I'm like, okay, they need to get a job. So how do they get ID to to get a job? Because in foster care, very few kids I know get their driver's license or a state ID. Um, And oftentimes they leave care without their birth certificate or social security card. So somebody has to get them down to the state office to get those. So let's say they get their ID. Now, how are they going to go interview with, with what car, with what transportation? I mean, I live in Birmingham, Alabama. It's the largest city in Alabama. We have a terrible public transportation Mm -hmm. system. You can't get anywhere in any kind of reasonable amount of time. So, you know, a lot of people have said they watched the Netflix show made and it like opened their eyes. They were like, I can't, how frustrating it must be if you've got a child how do you how do you go to work? How do you go get a job if you can't drop them off at your mom's house or drop them off at your neighbor's house? And I was like, that that's exactly the point. And there's a lot of women and, and men, but mainly women who lose custody of their kids because they chose to go work and didn't have childcare. And then that child is neglected and you get involved in CPS and you and you almost never escape. Yeah. And so it's little things like that, you know people say, how hard is it to not abuse your kids? And I'm like, so many cases are not abuse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It, it's not, I've told, you know, I've handled countless kids and I can count on one hand, mm-hmm. the number of kids who were actually actively abused mm-hmm. by their parent or caregiver. The rest were results of all kinds of a myriad of mental health and addiction problems. The number one reason kids in my state end up in foster care is not abuse. It's methamphetamine. Mm-hmm. Meth is destroying families in my state. Yeah. And no one seems to want to do anything about the problem. And arresting the parents doesn't fix the problem. And until you get to the root of addiction and mental yeah. health and yep. trauma, you're you're going to continue to see kids in care for those reasons. And yeah, it's it's endlessly frustrating, yes. as I'm sure you feel as well. <laughs> I know. I feel like I could literally. I feel like my blood is like actually boiling right now, and I feel like I could keep talking to you about this for a way longer time. But I really appreciate just like everything that you have given in, in this conversation, and I know we'll continue to be following along with you and excited for your family as it expands. You just shared some really <laughs> exciting news online, so congrats on the new arrival to come. 
Thank you. We're very excited. Just, yeah, we got to announce to our foster care class on the last night, which was a lot of fun too. So, oh, yes. well, wishing you all the best and thank you so thank much you. again. Thank you so much for having me.